Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today, Bella and I are sitting down with Carly Jo, who is a cannabis sensuality coach. Carly Jo helps couples who don't feel sexually aligned learn how to increase connection and intimacy by guiding them through a unique process that uses tantra and cannabis in a safe and sacred way. Through this process, couples learn their sexual archetypes and how to satisfy each other's desires. Carly Joe, thank you for coming back on the podcast. <laughs> oh, are we telling that story? We can tell the story. So I accidentally jinxed this episode during Mercury Retrograde, and it was very sadly lost into the abyss of the technology void. It was really devastating to us, too, because it was like one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded. It was so powerful, and it, yeah, it took us a little time to emotionally recover yeah. from realizing that it had gotten completely wet. Yeah, so... Seriously, thank you so much for coming yeah. back. <laughs> I'm like, this is like 2.0. <laughs> like it only can get better. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I, your summary um, sums a lot of it up with the fact that my focus is really working with couples who have a solid foundation, right? They have love and trust and respect for one another, but just having a hard time Coming together in the bedroom, finding connection or intimacy, maybe even just finding time, you know, maybe there's children involved or busy lives, careers, whatever it is, and they just want to make their sex life a priority and they want to learn the tools that I have, the Tantra, and also they want to practice in a, in a really intentional way mm. with cannabis. And a lot of this, pretty much all of it was birthed from my own personal experience with my now husband. Mm. And uh, same, our, our relationship is very, very unique and special, but our ideas of what sex is, is very different. Mm. You and his differ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This has been unfolding a lot um, in, in just understanding where we got our sexual education from, mm. right? And I think a lot of us got our sexual education from porn. Mm. And I, I, I'm just going to say right here for the record that I do think porn has its benefits and its place and it can be really fun, but not for sexual education. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we learn that sex is just about going hard and fast and getting to the orgasm. We don't learn about pleasure. We don't learn about connection. We don't learn that sex can be transformational. And as I became a certified sex love and relationship coach, I spent a lot of time in my own sexuality coming to new belief systems. I rewrote my sexual narrative. Mm. And he unfortunately wasn't part of that course, right? <laughs> so now we are really working on rewriting his and mm. what does sex really mean to him and what does orgasm mean to him? I do have his full consent to discuss this. <laughs> mm. Okay, so that's so interesting. What was it like to be going through this really like profound uh, transformational kind of sex intensive in your own life and then your partner is, sounds like, not going through that, just living their daily life, not questioning everything they've ever thought about themselves <laughs> and their sexuality? 
Um, well, if you asked him and asked me, we'd have two different perspectives on that. But there were uh, a lot of us in the program that had similar experiences where their partners were maybe feeling left out or their partners were seeing us grow and evolve almost away mm -hmm. from them. Um, my partner husband is really amazing at holding space. Mm. And for us, I just started to bring the tools that I was learning into our sexuality and into the bedroom. I do think that there's a level of sexuality that we're all on and I'm always going to be five to 10 levels or steps ahead because I've spent the years and the time doing it. But what's really great about us though is that he's also on the path and I'm seeing him, you know, levels is kind of a weird way of saying it, but I'm seeing him evolve and I'm seeing him grow as well. So mm -hmm. um, as long as we are like growing and evolving together in our sexuality, I think that's what is the most important part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love for him to go through a course <laughs> and go through, go through, you know, what I went through. Mm. Yeah. I wonder about that. Cause I went to, and I, we, for our listeners, Carly, Joe and I backtracked and we think we're at the exact same workshop and we didn't know okay. or meet, but, um, we were both at, uh, Jaya's path to passion workshop. And it was really interesting to me. I was there just kind of to observe and, you know, witness but a lot of people were there to really work on their relationship or their sexuality and their partner wasn't with them mm -hmm. do you have any sort of advice for people that are like we're talking about really focused on improving their sex life for themselves and in their relationship but their partner is kind of like what's wrong like it's good I'm, you know not really <laughs> on board with the yeah process. yeah so i'm halfway through getting certified as uh, a an erotic blueprint coach from Miss Jaya that weekend that we did. And so as soon as I hear you say that, I'm like, oh, it sounds like their partner's a sexual because, <laughs> <laughs> because sexuals think nothing's wrong. Every, like, you know, there's nothing wrong here. As long as, you know, sex and orgasm is happening, what it can be wrong in the world. Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> um, so I think the advice that I would have is to get really clear on – so the partner that does want to enhance their sexuality and work on it, just really get clear on your whys. Mm -hmm. Why? Why is it really important to you? Really get rooted in understanding where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think then having an open and honest conversation with your partner about it is is really key so that the two of you can really expand together or hire a sex coach <laughs> someone that can help bridge the gap with these these communication because mm -hmm. it's hard um what i've realized is that couples really aren't talking about sex and that's actually one of the first things that we do when i start to work with a couple is i i create these date nights where they have to talk about sex mm -hmm. put it in your calendar right now there's no rules. There's no formulation. Just sit down and just start talking about sex. Mm -hmm. Get into the habit of it. It doesn't have to be this thing that's only happening, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah, it's kind of incredible how powerful language is. Just, you mm -hmm. know, giving the issue some language, starting the conversation, so important. 
Yeah. Yeah. Normalizing conversation around sex. I'm mm. all for it. I mean, hence the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I try to sneak it into every conversation I have. <laughs> yeah. I have to like restrain myself sometimes, like just talking about it with everybody. <laughs> so you are undertaking the process of becoming a erotic blueprint coach? Mm-hmm. I'm really into the blueprints Tosca do you know much about them um I know briefly a little bit and I actually retook the quiz this past like week because I knew we were going to be talking about it on the pod um tell us your stuff yeah I am kinky surprise surprise (laughs) um but I'm also the same percentage of um there was like another one sensual energetic energetic mm. yeah I could see that we are like literally Tosca and I like soulmates like we have the most (laughs) compatible astrology chat of anyone I've ever seen (laughs) and as soon as I asked her what her stack was I was like I bet we have the same oh my gosh (laughs) oh wow let's give some background on what the erotic blueprints blueprints are so the way that I, I explain it to people is have you heard of the five love languages from mm. Gary uh, Chapman and I it's touch affirmation physical touch physical, words of affirmation yeah. quality time and acts of service acts I always service. forget there's a fifth one I always forget because it's not on my chart at all <laughs> don't eat it <laughs> so um Miss Jaya actually created very similar modality except it's for your sexuality mm. so there's energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter. Mm. And from exactly what you were saying about language is, is for me, it, it gave us a line of uh, communication and gave us language around our sexuality so that we could start to merge, like understanding that for instance, a energetic, you know, they can short circuit a lot. A little is, is a lot to them sometimes. Mm. And when you're, when you're with your partner, who's an energetic, and they just need space from you. It doesn't have to be something that mm-hmm. is personal or take defensive. It can just be like, that's their, that's who they are. That's the energetic. It's also really important to know with energetics too, that, um, they like the anticipation, the yearning, you know, uh, like what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Blushing. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They like the tease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, it's really amazing. I, I think she's a fucking genius, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, giving us just a language to better understand, mm-hmm. you know, because I think a lot of couples actually do feel broken. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this idea that it's supposed to just be natural and it's supposed to just work and we're supposed to just, you know, we're in love and we're married and we should just be having amazing sex. And if we're not, then there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe that. I believe that there is a that the possibilities are endless. You just have to put in the work Mm -hmm. and it's okay if you're, if you have different sexual blueprints and you have different ideas of what sex is, Mm -hmm. as long as you're communicating about it and you're talking about it and you're doing something, you're taking action towards coming together and meeting in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is, is comes from such a personal place in my own, Mm -hmm. my own marriage. Yeah. It's also interesting too, like what you're saying about the um, everything happening just like perfectly and organically. I feel like for sexual blueprints, that probably is the case. So there, that probably actually like complicates things further though, because for some people it just is that way. Mm, yeah. One of the things that I love about the erotic blueprints, which I think uh, anyone familiar with the love languages will be able to relate to is I think it's such a shame destroyer. Like you were talking about with the energetic blueprint being really short circuited by, um, 
intimate touch too quickly, mm-hmm. not enough anticipation, being in their head, things like that. A lot of people can create these stories about themselves based on that mm-hmm. and think it's like just them. Yeah. And to have language around it, like you're just an energetic and that they're not speaking in your blueprint language, right? Yeah. And there's a yeah. whole world of energetics. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Plus, isn't there like dark energetic and light energetic? Yeah, there's dark and light energetic. Yeah. Like, can, like with your stack, this like Cassandra mine, it's probably like I was talking to um, someone about it and they were like, yeah, you, you might be kinky and then energetic, but you also could just be dark energetic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nuances. Mm-hmm. Go to hire a coach like Carly Joe to learn more. <laughs> we're not going to give you too much. From <laughs> <laughs> so part of your practice is cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> and that's also part of your personal practice too. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can you share with our listeners like, how does cannabis play into our sensuality? How can it shift things? So there is uh, little research <laughs> on how cannabis can enhance sexuality, but it's becoming so mainstream. So there, there's more research that's starting to come out about the science of how cannabis has been helping us with our sexuality. Now, we'll just start at the basics here. So... How how deep you want me to go in this? <laughs> go as deep as you want to go, babe. <laughs> I just uh, I just did my first webinar on Sunday, uh, Sacred Sex and Cannabis webinar. So I'm like oh. super primed for all this information right now. Um, okay, so um, cannabis works because it has uh, cannabinoids, which are compounds found in the cannabis plant. When those compounds enter our bloodstream. They enter the receptors in our endocannabinoid system like a lock and a key. So when those compounds enter and we're consuming, it's like imagine this key like swimming. like All of a sudden this key finds a lock. It opens up that receptor and it's like oh, <laughs> euphoria. Um, and those receptors are the endocannabinoid system and the receptors are mostly in our limbic system, our brain, and our immune system. Mm. So... There are many, many uh, benefits of cannabis, and the ones that I particularly uh, pay attention to are the ones that I find to be interesting with pairing with sexuality. So cannabis is really great for lowering stress, Mm -hmm. depression, and anxiety. Those are the three things that are most common sexual issues that people have. There is new research coming out about ED, and I switched D from dysfunction to difficulties, so erectile difficulties. And um, that is where I'm like super, super fascinated at, um, with the research there because there is this plant that is growing that is natural. And by the way, uh, cannabis grows on every continent except for Antarctica. So, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. didn't know that. Yeah. So, this is a plant, it's an herb, it's not a drug, and it's not a gateway to other drugs. And it is a natural way for some cock bodied humans who are having. Uh, difficulties with maybe getting an erection, keeping an erection, having orgasms, which is way more common than people even realize because we don't talk about it. You know, they're not talking about it because of all the shame and the fear around it. But uh, so that is to me absolutely fascinating. And this is a lot to do with the repairing of the the blood, um, excuse me, repairing the, the tissue, the scar tissue. And another thing along those lines is that Uh, cannabis is a vasodilator, right? Mm. So one way is the blood, it opens up blood to the frontal lobe, right? Which is our creative center. Mm. 
And now think about me. Okay. So speaking of kinky, (laughs) um, kinky is something that I is on my stack third of the blueprints. And I really want it, want to explore my kinky, but there's like, it's so taboo and Mm. it's so like shameful that, uh, cannabis has really been helping me lean into my kink Mm. because the cannabis activates that frontal lobe and activates the creativity which just allows us to be more playful. You know, it allows us to be more silly and uh, be in our orgasmic or orgasmic, be in our authentic sexuality, which is <laughs> orgasmic, you know, in a, in a sense. Mm. Um, cannabis, so that blood going up and now blood going down. So mm. now blood is getting sent to the genitals as well. Um, and there's more and more research coming out about the receptors that are in our vulvas. So that's super, super exciting. Oof. Mm-hmm. Man, I love the science. Mm. <laughs> like, yes, the circulation. Oh, that's so exciting. Tell us more about the receptors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So I love um, if you, anyone doesn't follow Carly on Instagram, they should. And you just posted something the other day that I really liked uh, about how the effects on short-term memory loss of cannabis mm. are actually of benefit. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, sexually, it, could you tell us more about that? Because that I'll, fucking I'll try. is a That's a new <laughs> That's a new discovery that mm. I found. Um, I mean, I personally thought that the short-term memory loss was uh, a point against cannabis. Mm-hmm. You know? Because that had always been my thought. And when I saw mm-hmm. you post about it so positively with that reframe, I was like, heck yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, especially for me um, – a lot of my networking happens to be in cannabis spaces where I'm like, shit, what was their name? Or what were they just saying to me, you know, because of the short-term memory Um, And then I read this, I read this research about it actually um, helping, um, helping in sexuality um, for those of us that are experiencing any PTSD or sexual trauma. Cannabis, specifically THC, induces the impairment of short-term memory, which is specifically suitable for staying present during sex. When we're not stressed out or thinking about things waiting for us outside of sexy time, Mm. we can relax, stay present, and enjoy the sex happening. Right? Yeah. So we haven't quite touched upon spirituality yet, but I know you practice Tantra and... Can you just share with us like what your spiritual practice looks like and maybe just like how you got to this place? Yeah, Um, I would say that, you know, spirituality was not something that was ever discussed in my household growing up, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, It it was something that moving to Los Angeles and, and meeting the right people you know, all of a sudden, you know, crystals have energy, (laughs) you know, and there's all these different benefits of having crystals. And I all thought it was all woo-woo. I was like, what? Um, And then you become spiritually awake or awoken. And you're just like, oh, you start to feel your energy body Mm. and you start to um, trust your, your inner wisdom and your inner guide. I mean, to me, that's what enlightenment is, right? Is, is, is this uh, profound, uh, connection and trust of your inner wisdom, inner guide, inner compass. Mm. And that is something that I have to work on every single day because otherwise the chatty brain, mm. uh, the primal brain, mm. the old brain likes to play this negative feed loop that's, you know, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Who's ever going to pay you to do Tantra and cannabis? You know, <laughs> all of these things that, 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 that happen and that go on. And, um, 
So for me, it's, it's a, it's a daily, daily practice. Um, I did get Reiki attuned and certified as a Reiki two practitioner just for my own benefit. So, uh, doing attunements every day and finding which chakras in my body are, are out of whack, uh, doing yoga, Mm -hmm. um, cannabis. I definitely bring cannabis into my spirituality, uh, for that exact reason that we just described with the short-term memory is, you know, allowing you to be present, allowing you to, uh, just be aware because when you're aware of those thoughts and you're aware of the sensations and emotions, then you have a choice. Like Jaya always says, it's just information. You know, if the brain is on feed loop telling me you're not enough, I need to know that that's happening. I need to be aware that it is. Then I can meet it with love and compassion and acceptance. I can integrate it. And then we can start to move forward together instead of something that's like bumping each other's heads. So I'm really curious. It sounds like a lot of your life is very intentional and mindful. Do you bring that practice to your sensuality, to your spirituality, to your cannabis? How does that integrate for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of the cannabis culture that we're seeing, mostly in LA, because, you know, I haven't really seen the other cultures yet, we are really, really focused on on intentionality, using cannabis with intention for the medicinal benefits. And one of the ways that I really bring intention into cannabis is to ask yourself, why am I bringing cannabis into this sexual experience? Mm-hmm. What am I hoping to get out of it? What am I hoping to experience? And just getting some clarity around why you're bringing it and then setting that intention. So for me, um, when I was going to, uh, to get my certification for the sex, love, and relationship coaching program, uh, I didn't think I had any, like, sexual baggage, <laughs> which is so funny now because I'm like, wow. Um, so I went into – these practices that we had to do five days a week, an hour a day, two hours a day sometimes. And I could not get in my body. Mm. I, my mind just kept kicking me out. I couldn't be present. And so for one whole year, uh, my intention was just to be present. Mm. Every single time I went into any sexual exploration with myself or my partner, my intention is to be present to my body and my sensations. Mm. And that really, really helped. And if might not take you a whole year <laughs> or it might take you longer than a year, but um, it's it's there that – and paired with cannabis, it's where I discovered that I did have deep sexual shame. Mm. Ever since I was a child, uh, I've always been sexually curious. It's just fascinated me, anatomy and body parts, but w- unfortunately uh, the culture and the community that we surround ourselves with here in, in Western society uh, doesn't really – accept that or celebrate that. And I, I was raised in a, I would say a, a fairly sex positive home. Mm. Um, but you know, the sexual education I received was, you know, how to not get pregnant, how to not, you know, get an STD because my mom just wanted to keep me safe. You know, she wanted to protect me and it's not her fault, but the, the conversation around sexuality being about pleasure, that's something that was completely left out of the conversation. Mm. Um, and so, when 
I was, my mom might be listening to this someday, so I'm not going to give any specifics, but (laughs) as I was growing older and I was like being sexually curious, um, I started to shame that part of myself. Um, And what do we do when we shame that part of ourselves? We uh, start to disassociate from that part and then it becomes a lost self, Mm. right? And then we create a new self um, based on it. So which is a false self. (laughs) Mm. Um, So yeah, I had to really um, uncover all of that. And what I found is that cannabis is my authentic sexuality. That's what's authentic to me. And for me, cannabis shows me what's possible. It shows me my, the possibilities that I have with my body. And so for me, I, I spent a lot of time celebrating that and taking away the stereotype and the stigma of like, oh, it's a crutch or I need to have cannabis to have sex. I don't need to have, you know, cannabis to have sex, but it really, really is more, it, it just helps with the journey and it's just, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more yeah. creative, you know, it's, it's just more, it's more fun. I love the word that you said, celebrate, Mm. like you celebrate that part of yourself. And I think that we can all, I don't know, like take that in a little bit. Like, you know, some of the things that we do that we might be like, oh, I shouldn't do this too much or I shouldn't la la la. It's like, well, when do you really celebrate it? You Mm -hmm. know, like I really think that's powerful. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope that we our next generation, um, as we go through the stages of sexuality Mm. with children that we are celebrating and encouraging in play and innocence, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, the portion around presence during sex, Mm -hmm. and you said with yourself and partnered sex, Mm -hmm. right? What would you say are some of the things that could detract from that? So I was thinking like Mm. porn is watching porn, you know, is going into your head, are these part of it? Like how are there, is there anything specific that like maybe our listeners that, are, that really resonates with, they want to bring more presence to their sexuality that they should avoid? Like, oh, okay. So is there anything that you should avoid? Yeah. Like I'm mainly thinking like, do you mm. think porn is like challenging that or like people that have, um, like I have a lot of clients that have like very specific fantasies that you use during masturbation mm. and punted sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Let's start with porn. Um, how are you using porn? What's the intention of porn, right? If you're someone who thinks you don't have, you know, a high libido or if you don't think you are desiring sex and porn helps you get into your libido and sex, then I celebrate that, right? But then when it starts to become an addiction or it becomes something that you have to have, that's when you have to kind of start everything in moderation, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have to start looking at it. I've definitely brought porn into my own sexuality at times to help like jumpstart, you know, um, my sexual energy. Uh, The other... The other example of like mental fantasies. Oh yeah, mental fantasies. Like I, yeah. In my work with my clients, right. Uh, I often voice a concern about that being a barrier to intimacy yeah. to partnered sex, and I was just wondering, like, do you feel the same way? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really common for people to have a go-to. Uh, Okay, there's to me there's a difference between masturbation and self-pleasure. Mm. Okay, so um, I think in in there, it's really common for people to have this, um, this go-to masturbation style, um, for vulva bodied humans, maybe grab the, uh, grab the vibrator, go to fantasy five minutes later, we're done. And, um, again, it could be something that orgasms help them relax, help them, 
release maybe helps them heal. So again, it's like, what's the intentionality of it? But I do feel like there's this gap with um, being present and that's where it comes into self-pleasure. So to me, self-pleasure is something where you're actually going on a sexual exploration date night with yourself, Mm. right? Like get the candles, get the soft music, grab your cannabis, take a bubble bath, you know, make it an experience for yourself. Start exploring your body through the lens of curiosity and innocence, right? Like it doesn't have to be straight genital stimulation. So I, something that I specialize in is actually walking people through self-pleasuring. And one of the things that we start with is honoring the genitals, making a commitment to the genitals. You know, um, my, I, I will honor you and listen to you and cherish you, you know, that kind of, we always start with that. Um, and then I have them like maybe rub their hands through their hair or start around their face and then their, their neck and their chest and exploring. And uh, through that process, it's all about celebration, right? Celebrate when you find pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Celebrate all of the wins. And I think that that is where you're kind of taking it from an act of just getting off to an experience of having sacred sex, mm-hmm. I love that. So you're you're kind of saying that any of these specific tools, for want of a better word, whether that's fantasy or pornography, can be used in a healthy way and embodying presence as long as you're being intentional and aware about what you're doing and not just like mindlessly defaulting, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I stopped using my vibrators three years ago when I – you know, started becoming certified as a sex coach because I just don't need it anymore. But there was a day last week where I was super, super stressed and I was looking, I was taking batteries out of remotes, like trying to find <laughs> batteries for my, you know, my Aww. vibrators. So like it, it, it's, it's not, there's not right versus wrong or, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's like there's some days that you just want to get off and you're just, yeah. you know, that's why quickies like with your partner too, like Hey, if you guys have a quickie and you both just get off and you go about your lives, like that's super great. I'm not saying that you have to have these sec- these sacred sexual experiences every single time. Like, who mm-hmm. has time for that other than Isabella and I? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's why I chose the job I chose. But it's okay <laughs> if you know, even if you're just like once a month, or mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's that's where I think sacred sexuality really comes in is just the the practice of having conscious sex, and conscious sex is present sex, and present sex is, and I use sex in a term of um, uh, not the the limited definition of our culture, you know, with penetration between heterosexuals. I'm using sex as a term of sexual exploration of any kind, mm. um, and and that tangent actually made me lose out what I was what I was originally what I was really talking about, but <laughs> I got it back now. So. With a little bit of fluff. So the, <laughs> the um, f- you know, being present to the arising emotions and sensations and thoughts that are going on in your body. Because sometimes when you're practicing sacred sex, and you can tell me if this ever happened to you, um, sometimes thoughts come up that are like, oh, that's gross. Why am I thinking about my one family member and that one time that that one thing, you know, that one thing was said or – and it's not sexually related at all um, – when you're practicing sacred sex, that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And yes. what do we do when that happens? Do we shame ourselves? Do we mm. think that's gross? Or do we say, okay, thank you for showing me 
This is a time for integration. This is a time for healing. Obviously, things are coming up because it needs to come up. And the difference is, is that we're in this world of personal development tools, right? Self-help books, mm. right? Uh, the difference between, you know, what majority of the culture is doing and what I'm doing and probably what you're doing is that the personal development tools are used with self-pleasure because when we bring pleasure into the nervous system mm. during these uncomfortable thoughts or these uncomfortable like sensations or emotions, we're actually soothing our nervous system and we're re-imprinting. Mm. We are recreating the story. I can't think of like... Slime poetry thing. So good. (laughs) I can't think of anything more powerful to give yourself as like a gift. It's also, I've noticed for a lot of uh, female identifying clients that I have, it's very challenging for them to feel worthy of this gift, this gift of really embodied pleasure and full presence to it. Yeah. I don't blame them. We get so much like conditioning that Mm. we are in, our value is in relation to men. Mm. Oh, yeah. What advice do you have for people listening? So much. Feel that. (laughs) Where do we start? Like for people listening who this is like Mm -hmm. really resonating, where they're pulling their car over, they're like, oh my God, this is like hitting me. I have to just throwing their vibrators away. (laughs) But they're like, how do I stop? This is like a world away. Like how would you suggest Mm. that they kind of start leaning into it? Start leaning into sacred sexuality? Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure presence. Yeah. I think that we first just have to acknowledge the the programming that does exist specifically for the volibodied humans Mm -hmm. um, firsthand right here. What was modeled to me is that sex is not for me. Mm -hmm. Pleasure is not for me. You know, uh, I know – Luckily, I have an amazing gyno that never said this to me, but I know many, many women who go to their gynecologist and say, I – sex is painful or, you know, sex isn't pleasurable. And they're like, yeah, that's just common. Just deal with it. Grab some lube. (laughs) You know, common and normal are different. I will say this one million times. Right. Exactly. That's normal. Normal or Mm -hmm. not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we have to start there. We have to start with what is the sexual narrative that you were raised with, right? Um, If you watch movies and television, they show women – being very erotic creatures and getting an orgasm within three seconds of penetration. So if that's not your narrative, if that's not your reality, right? Or if you're really into BDSM or kink and you're not seeing Mm -hmm. that on television, you're only seeing missionary or whatever it is. Mm. So you have to first understand how much of our sexuality is already imprinted in us before we even say our first word. Mm. We have to rewrite our story. And this is actually, I just created a course for this. Yeah. It's called Sacred Self, uh, a deep dive into sexual exploration where we Mm. actually go through the all five stages of sexuality and we create our own narrative and story. And it's it's innocence, play, honor, pleasure, and sacredness. And it's through the steps of life of like a baby, a child, a teenager, an adult, uh, or a young adult and an older adult. So – so to answer your question, I think first we have to really examine where we got our sexual education from, you know? Um, what do you think about your sexuality? What do you think about your body? What do you actually think about your sexuality and body and not what has been uh, stereotyped onto us, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes for all all humans, you know? 
Um, and cause I, I really feel very strongly for the, the cock bodied humans out there because you got the messaging that sex was about hard, fast orgasms. Mm. And that's how, that's who, what a man is. And also what you said too, is that in Emily Nagowski puts this really well in come as you are, is that a man's genital response does not dictate my self-worth. Mm. Well, thank you. Finally, in my 30s, I got that message because yeah. I didn't realize how much mm. that was dictating mm. my self-worth. So mm. um, awareness, consciousness, and then beginning to, I would say, begin just begin to practice self-pleasure, mm. you know? And again, we are in a world now where there are sex coaches. If it's me or if it's someone else, it, it does, you know, reach out, find somebody that you can work with because... I'm, I have spent thou, oh, ooh, probably close to $20,000 now on my sexuality, and it is so, so well worth it. And oh, we're about so to invest in a sex coach for my husband and I. So it's, it's, it's worth – the investment is so, so valuable. Mm-hmm. It, you don't realize how much your sexuality is dictating all aspects of your life. Mm. And if you're going to invest in anything in your life, invest in yourself. Amen. Yes. Right. And if you're not like in a financial position, there's a lot of these courses that, you know, the people we interview on this podcast mm-hmm. offer for very affordable mm-hmm. prices. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I feel like a lot of them, if you email them, might even be like open to an energetic exchange, yeah. you know? I mean, in my practice, I accept sliding scale and I mm. make payment programs and a lot of other people do. Like there are options. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, if you don't mm-hmm. ask, you won't have access to it. Like a lot of people aren't just going to offer you a discount because they need to make their, mm-hmm. you know, living as well. But yeah, ask. Yeah, That's it's an energy help. exchange. The yeah. resources are out there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the most beautiful things that you shared with us last time was this guided meditation. And I, I like burst into tears. It was so beautiful. Mm. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about those kinds of offerings that you can share? Yeah. On sex magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Sex and magic to me has been a really powerful practice for manifesting my entire business. Anytime I do an offering, anytime that I hold like my cannabis sensuality circles, I do self, uh, I do uh, sex magic uh, to manifest that those who need to be there will be there. And there's, you know, a couple different ways of doing it. I think that – I don't even know. I know Margot Anon brought it over to Western culture, and I don't know how much of it was about self-pleasure. I just know that my tools come from Layla Martin, mm. <laughs> and she's all about the self-pleasure. So um, for me, it's, it is about sexual energy and activating the sexual energy and pulling it through the different chakras. But we do something called five senses reality. So whatever we're desiring, we visualize ourselves in it. We hear ourselves. We, we see, we hear, we taste, we smell, we touch. So that all five senses get activated, which then lights up different parts of the brain, mm-hmm. which dif- lights up different parts of our chakras, right? Mm-hmm. Or different chakras. Yeah. So I go through like a five senses reality where I'm, I'm already like seeing and hearing and tasting and smelling myself there already having it. And then I self-pleasure while bringing that five senses of reality into every single chakra. And then if you want to, you know, orgasm, that's 
totally optional, but for me, I always do. So um, when it comes to the crown chakra, I actually orgasm and, and release and let the orgasm go out of the crown chakra. And then I turn it around and I let it rain down on me like blessings going mm. in and out of the chakras, like manifesting them and making them real. A swoon. <laughs> I actually have it uh, as a guided meditation, mm. a 30 minute guided meditation that maybe why not offer any of your listeners yeah. to to have so yeah sweet. yeah we'll figure out how to get that too we'll Aww. come up with something yeah thank we're you we're creative beings <laughs> we can figure out we can figure out a way mm. but yeah it's a it's a really beautiful practice and i know you're obviously this is called sex magic podcast so <laughs> you guys are brands yeah <laughs> you guys are really into the practice mm. as well mm-hmm. um so we're getting kind of close to the, the end of this episode. Um, the question that we like to ask at the end is, what advice would you give your younger self about sex? It makes me so sad. <laughs> Not sad, but um, that hits me really hard. Mm. Um, I'm envisioning my, my, my little self right now and just telling her, that her playfulness, her innocence is celebrated. Her sexual curiosity is encouraged and needed in this world. And it's safe and you'll still be loved. And that sexual curiosity is going to put you on the, in the New York Times. <laughs> Mm. and on podcasts such as this mm. and you're going to make a difference in the world so just keep keep exploring mm. yeah it's so beautiful thank you so much for gracing us with your incredible presence and wisdom I know this is going to be a really profoundly beautiful episode for all listeners. Mm. Thank, thank you, you so much thank you for holding beautiful space mm. anytime come back please <laughs> Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. 
So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to Meredith Andrews. Thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. means a lot. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes and we're so grateful to do that and have your support. 